Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Las Musas podcast. My name is Johnny Garzavilla, and I am the author of 1500 Miles from the Sun. Today, I'm joined with Alda P. Dobbs, author of Barefoot Dreams of Pachaluna. And today on this episode of Debut Diaries, the middle grade and YA edition, we'll be talking about covers and titles. So to get us started, um, Alda, can you, uh, or do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your book? Sure. Thank you, Johnny. I'm glad to be here with you today. And uh, my name is Alda P. Dobbs, and I am the author of the upcoming book, Barefoot Dreams of Petra Luna. I am originally from Mexico. I was born in a little town in northern Mexico, but moved to San Antonio, Texas when I was very young. And my background is in physics and engineering, but 10 years ago is when I finally made the move to, to write my book. And Barefoot Dreams of Petra Luna is about a, it's inspired by my great grandmother and her experiences in the Mexican Revolution back in 1913 and how the things she endured during that war, how she escaped her village, made it to the border, was a refugee and her story, her experiences. So that's basically uh, the, the inspiration, but you know, we'll talk about the, what the book's about in a minute. I love that. I actually had, I, that's, I had no idea that it was inspired by like the, your family in the Mexican revolution. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, and then um, again, I'm Johnny Garazavia and I am the author of the young adult debut novel, 1500 Miles from the Sun. Um, it follows Julian Luna, who is just trying to graduate high school, get into UCLA, and then have the chance to move away from Corpus Christi, Texas, and all of the suffocating expectations that others have kind of forced Jules into an inauthentic life. Um, and then in one reckless moment in between tequila shots and with one impulsive tweet, his plans for a low-key nine months are thrown literally out the closet. Um, the downside is that the whole world knows and Jules has to prepare for rejection. But the upside is that Jules now has the opportunity to be his real self. Um, and then also with the help of Matt, a cute empathetic Twitter crush from Los Angeles who slides into Jules's DMs the next morning, um, Jules finds someone who he can tell anything to and Matt makes the world seem conquerable. But when Jules's fears about coming out come true, the person he needs most is 1500 miles away and Jules has to face them alone. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is just Jules accidentally pro propelling himself into the life that he's always dreamed of. And now that he's in control of it, what he does next is up to him. Um, and that comes out June 8th of this year. Wow, that is an incredible story. I love that, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people find themselves, you know, in situations yeah, like I, that. I hope so. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. Cute. So um, we'll go ahead and just get right into the conversation and the topics of titles and covers. Um, so first, when it comes to titles, I know that some people prefer to like leave that for later. I've seen writers kind of use things like lesbian pirate book or like Mexican dark academia book as a sort of placeholder that kind of just keeps the main idea of the manuscript front and center. But others like to have like a proper thought out title from the get go. And so I'm curious where, where you land on that kind of graph and like what your process is. For me, I, I like to have a title because it inspires me to write and develop the story. And uh, originally, instead of Barefoot Dreams of Petra Luna, it actually started as a picture book. So in the picture book, it was called Baby Diamonds. And there's a whole theme of, of a black rock, a piece of coal that she considers a, a diamond. 
a baby diamond. And uh, that was the title of the, that picture book. But once I decided to turn it into a middle grade, then the title morphed with that. And because there was just so much backstory that went into that middle grade. And I, again, I had to have a title, you know, to focus on. It's kind of my anchor, my beacon, you know, that I look up to, to keep my, my focus. And I came up with a Barefoot Dreams of Petra Luna uh, for that middle grade. And, and that helped me guide my story. How about for you? How did it, uh, how did it work yeah. out for you? I, I feel that so like in my heart because I'm I'm the very I'm the kind of person that needs a proper title like the minute I start drafting mm-hmm. and I think it's because I'm I can be someone who like sometimes can be kind of flaky with projects especially mm-hmm. if like they're hard and like uh-huh. this is the first book that I wrote and I realized very quickly that writing a book is hard but like having a set good title kind of helped me stick with it like it, it kind of adds this little bit of like, okay, this is a real thing. And so like, you can't just bail. Like it's, mm-hmm. it has a name now, you have to keep it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that was, that was like the, what I kind of, that's kind of how I, how I deal with those. Oh, no, I like that. That's true. It, it does keep you focused. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, and so like that, the uh, Barefoot James of Petra Luna, that was like from the get-go, your title, like that was nothing that like you had to change or were asked to change during like the publication process or anything? No, I, I had the title and I did have um, a couple of mentors help me out with the manuscript and a couple of them uh, didn't, you know, they said, well, the title, um, yes, you know, but it'll change probably more than likely the editor will see it and she'll say something else, you know, but don't worry about it, you know, but think about it and put it in the back of your head that, it, you know, you might have to think of something different. And, uh, and I got different reasons of why, but I, I really believed in my heart that, that that was a title just because bare feet were so common amongst the impoverished people back then. You know, every child in Mexico was barefoot. So in all the pictures, all the photographs I saw in the research, they were all barefoot. So I, I had to have that title or that part of the title, the bare feet. And the dreams, of course, because it's her dreams. And there's a a reason why it's called Barefoot Dreams that it's in the novel that it's expressed in the novel. And then I had to put her name, Petra Luna. And of course, Petra means rock and Greek. So I, the rocks play a big, it's a big theme too in the book. And I needed something softer to go with that hard name. So Luna, of course, I thought was a great <laughs> compliment. And yeah, as uh, someone who like also has a Luna character, like I completely support that. Like I think canonically our characters are related. Like I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's now official. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've always liked that name. And, and you're right, you know, it's just the, the way the, the name fits there. And I, I think there's just certain characteristic for that or a person for that type of character, you know, that, that personifies that, that character. When you have a name like Luna, I, I think it's, it's a big impact. It's a, such a beautiful word in Spanish. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite words. And uh, to have it as a name. Completely <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love um, the title. I'm glad they, they didn't make you change it. I think it's so clever yeah. and creative. Like that's oh, a, a great thank title. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was, I was nervous when she, you know, they, they saw the manuscript and all that and they never mentioned anything. They just stuck with the title and I didn't, I kept quiet. I didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just, 
<laughs> it went through. Yeah. And how about for your, your title? I mean, I, I love, love your titles. It's just leave so much, you know, to the imagination. It could be interpreted in so many ways too. Yeah, well, so. Thank you. Um, but it is not the original title. Um, my, my first title was called Sunshine and Moonlight. And like for anyone who's already read an arc, like they, they know why. Um, but it was something that was brought up by like my editor during the acquisition phase in like our first phone call. She had mentioned that she was interested in changing the title. And I was like super salty about that. I was reluctant and insulted, like just all of those feelings. Like, like I don't want like, to, like, I don't want to even like sign with you if you're going to make me do this. Um, but like, you know, we ended up going with them because they were just the best fit. And um, at least like her and my agent kind of let me be the one in charge of considering new titles. Like they came up with a few, but most of the options were mine, including 1500 Mouths from the Sun. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy we have that title. Like at first, as like reluctant as I was, I think it's a really cool title. Um, and it's got a lot of like positive responses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there, there's like, yeah, there's, there's meaning behind it. Like people will tell me when they reach like that part of the book, like, oh my God, the title makes sense now. Oh, and, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it's really fun. Like, I mean, they can kind of just go to Google maps and kind of like figure out like the meaning of it, but like the, the deeper meanings of it, I think like are really fun to hear people kind of figure that out. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I, having a science background, you know, the name for me was very, very catchy, you know, right away. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, yeah, <laughs> why? Like, it's just so, like, I feel like it sounds like a YA book, like, it's, it's super long, just like a YA book, like, it, I feel like it gives very, like, Benjamin Allaire science vibes of, like, just mm-hmm. a way too long title, but, like, really, really catchy, um, mm-hmm. so I'm happy with it. Yeah, it's a great title. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, so now we're going to move on to covers. Was there any like initial conversations about cover design between you and your editor or even like your agent and editor or like what did the beginning of that process look like for you? For me, my editor, uh, which was Molly Kusick at Sourcebooks, she brought it up and said, hey, um, they're going to start doing sketches. She didn't say who or what. She just, you know, or she just said they're working on sketches. You know, we'll get back to you soon. And uh, so that soon turned into a few weeks. And of course, I'm anxious, you know, trying, you know, imagining. And then she came back and said, do you have any suggestions, you know, as to what ideas you have? And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I told her, I gave her a whole story, you know. And of course, I'm not an artist, you know, I just, I'm a writer. So I wrote what I saw. But I and I wanted to sketch it, but no, I said, don't dare do that because you're not an artist. So <laughs> you're not going to be able to express yourself. But I tried to explain what I saw. And uh, she also wanted historical pictures that inspired me throughout the book as I wrote the book. So I sent her some, you know, my, some of my favorite ones. So I thought that was neat that they asked for historical uh, pictures. And then uh, again, she took that and said, okay, well, we'll get back to you. So that was the, the initial uh process and then later on a couple of months later she came back with the with the the initial uh, one sketch and she said here here's the first sketch you know what what do you think so it was it was interesting it's fine we'll leave that in so it was really interesting (laughs) but uh yeah that is like um just that their their want for you to give historical photos I think is just such an inspired choice like that sounds so cool 
um, like for them to reach out and be and ask that of you. I think that's that's so interesting. I love that. Yeah. Um, you. And so um, for me, like my agent and I, from just kind of like the very beginning of our working relationship, we were set on there being two brown boys on the cover of this book. And that wasn't something that like I myself brought up to the editor, but I know that my agent was really vocal about that from the get-go and even throughout the process, which was really cool to have that sort of championship of something that meant a lot to me. And uh, and I think it's going to mean a lot to like a lot of Brown, Nothing X and QTBI POC teens who don't get to see themselves very much on covers of books mm-hmm. by QTBI POC writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also gave me like this questionnaire for, to do for the cover where I got to like tell them my thoughts on what I wanted and give them a description of characters and setting. Um, and I also sent them a Pinterest board that had things like covers that I really liked and colors that I wanted and face cast for the main characters and stuff like that. Um, so that was the kind of input I was able to, to give for that. Oh, that's good. Okay. And that's, that's neat that they give you, they ask for input too. I like that. Yeah, that was, it was really nice of them. <laughs> and I just, I was like, I need to be as clear as possible that way. Like, I don't know what I want it to look like, but I know that if I don't like it, I'm going to be mad. So I just <laughs> give them as many details as possible. <laughs> that's true. And so like, I'm, I'm guessing that like with you, you didn't really know how many illustrators were considered for the artwork in your cover and like what what that process was like? They just kind of handed it to you? Yes, once they um, asked me for the photos, inspirational uh. photos and whatnot, and she came back with the sketch and said, okay, this is the sketch and this is our artist, you know, and that's when she introduced me to, and it was, or not introduced me, but I found that it was John J. Cabway. And of course, right away, I Googled him and found out that he's this amazing artist. I mean, if you Google his name, John J. Capway, the art he creates is just amazing and stunning. And right away, I said, you know, oh, my goodness, I, how did I look out, you know, get this, this artist. And, uh, and I looked at the sketch and it was different from what I had envisioned. So at first, you know, there was that shock of, OK, this is not what I saw, but, you know, wait a minute, let me, let me look again. And, and no, I started falling in love with it. I'm like, this is, this is it, you know? And, and it was just, and it was the initial sketches. So the colors yeah. weren't full there yet, but I mean, yeah. I, I like what I saw and there are minor details that the setting, you know, certain things that I, I said, Hey, can this be changed a little bit to mm-hmm. fit the, the, the setting, the correct setting or a geographical region. And um, yeah, that was no problem. So. I love that so like it it, like when you saw those like it it, you felt like it matched the vibe and like the aesthetic of the book pretty well I did yeah the first thing was was her skin color I loved her skin color because it was brown (laughs) so that rich brown in which you know that's my color so I I loved it you know I I I like that and my great-grandma too you know she was dark like that and and I just I said yeah that's my great-grandma right there you know when I saw that that girl and uh in the initial sketches yeah they were, it was beautiful and once you know the the cover was complete then oh I was blown away because I could see all the details uh, yeah. I love it. it must have been so special for you to have seen that yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that and in my own case my editor sent me like somewhere between like four and six different artists and none of them were horrible like they were they were all pretty amazing um 
and I remember just being like, oh my God, these are like so iconic. Oh my gosh. Um, but that was tough though when you have so many yeah. teams, so much talent. <laughs> and like, and some of them were just like, they're so good, but also like not for this particular book. It's like, mm-hmm. I can definitely, like the book, I'm, I was like the book I'm drafting right now, like let's keep them in mind. But like this one, I, I don't know. And so there's definitely like that sort of what you envision as like the particular artistic style can really be something that you have to think about too. Um, and then after those those four to six, my agent, Claire Draper, came in with a couple of names of illustrators that they represent, one of whom is Latina, mm-hmm. um, Jay Bent. And that was something that I immediately gravitated towards. Be- like I, I would have, like, I was like, I would love if a Latina, like, colored and drew and did my cover that, like, centers around a Latino boy. Um, so they became an instant front runner and like maybe because she was my agent sibling that made it easier, but like the whole process after that, like after I let them know this is who I want was was pretty seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did see a couple of like rough sketches mm-hmm. um, and there were definitely nothing that I had pictured in my mind <laughs> at, like at all, but like I was just so awestruck because like it, it looked like at least the earlier sketch, it looked like just she had read my book and just like made a picture that like encapsulated all 90,000 words of it, like in in one picture. And I was like, oh my gosh, like one, I'm glad that I don't have to do this because like my, like some kind of Canva book cover would not have been (laughs) anywhere near like this good. Uh, But also like, I was just so impressed by like just the, the mastermind work that, that she did. It is. It is. I love the way the artists think and the way they envision the, the story and are able to capture that story and exactly. and, and, that, and the art. I, I think that's just magical. And I, that's okay. why I tell the artists, I'm like the, the magic, especially in my, in the art cover, her eyes. Mm-hmm. I think it, there's just so much in the way she's looking at the sky and it encapsulates the, her journey, her turmoils, her dreams all in that, the way she's gazing at the sky. And I'm like, you know, I see people capture that in photographs, which I think is amazing, mm-hmm. but to start with a blank paper and draw that, I just- Nothing, like, mind. yeah. <laughs> really a skill that I wish I have, and I absolutely do not have. <laughs> <laughs> so with, um, with like those, those changes that you like asked about for the illustration, like how flexible was your editor about the stuff that you asked for and how responsive were they to the input that you gave? Um, and like, was there a method for final approval? Like who got say over like, okay, now it's done and, and that's it? Yeah, we did a couple of uh, rounds. I would, I pointed out certain details that I thought, like I mentioned about the geographic location and they did that, they came back and then I, I pointed out something else that I had just caught and, um, and they were fine with it too. So they were very flexible. And, you know, by the third time, I, I, it was great. We, we all agreed it was done. And, you know, I, I was happy. They were happy and we're all excited. So, it, you know, it, was, it went pretty smooth. And how about for yourself? How was it? How did it go? Yeah, my, my editor was pretty flexible with me. My agent and I definitely came back with thoughts for like every single draft that came our way. Um, mm-hmm. And they were pretty responsive. Like, did it come out exactly how I wanted it to look? No, absolutely not. But I think that's just kind of the way things work. And I was happy that like my agent put that we got final approval for the cover in our contract. 
So mm-hmm. like that was just not, like if we needed to keep on being like but the font or but like this or but that like we could just we'll, we'll keep on going like I was mm-hmm. like I have all day like it's fine. Um, so that was really great. Like I I'm so happy that we pushed for that and I'm I'm happy with how it turned out. So yeah, I have I have no complaints. No, oh, no, it's good. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful cover too. Thank you. <laughs> Was there um, anything that like surprised you about the cover design process or like anything interesting that you learned that you would want to impart on anyone listening? Uh, I would probably say it's, it's easy, I guess, as, as writers, you, you create this work and you envision everything. And, and from the get-go, you're envisioning this, this uh, cover and you kind of become, I don't want to say obsessed, but you just, it, it's ingrained in you you see the, the cover and uh so just learn know that you know they're professionals and they know what's best and, and ultimately they do it, it turns it always turns out for the bad for the better at the end they you know that's why they <laughs> they hire them for this and uh and you're the writer and they're the artist so so it's nice to kind of know that uh you're in control of the writing and they're the ones that are, are the professionals and know what to do with the art. So learning to let go and not be so, you know, obsessed or clingy about, you know, no, it has to be this way and, and then start the drama and whatnot. Then, yeah, it's not, it's not going to go too, too well. Um, I don't know. I've heard stories, but, you know, thank goodness, you know, they were, it worked well with me, but that's, I would say that, you know, just learn that they're professionals and they, you know, what they're doing. I would absolutely say the exact same thing. Um, like, I I definitely went into it. Like, here are some covers that I like. Like I had mentioned, Darius the Great is not okay because I really love like that kind of pop art style. But I also mentioned like Patron Saints of Nothing and Furia and Felix. Uh, oh my God, Felix Ever After. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, Felix Ever After. Oh my gosh. Uh, because like I like I wanted pop art, but I also wanted to make sure that like they included like brown skin tones and didn't like mm-hmm. wash any of that out. And I also like put seven different types of light blue because I wanted like light blue exactly like Dealing in Dreams had. Uh-huh. But then like I none of it is light blue on my cover, and like yeah, yeah. there I mean the, the skin tones are there, but like also it's different than I think anything that I sent them, but also exactly what I think it needed to look like and. And I'm, I'm really happy about that. Cause like you said, like we're the writers, they're the artists, they know what they're doing. Like they, they have a background in like putting words into pictures and like they, they know, yeah. So I think that's um, something to kind of like take with anyone who's like kind of coming into this and really considering what the whole cover process looks like. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I would I agree exactly with what you said. <laughs> And, ooh, okay, so this is a fun question. Um, was there any drama in the cover design process with you? <laughs> no, not, uh, like I, we talked about earlier, uh, internal or external drama, but uh, internal there was, but like I said, I was so, in, had a vision in my head when I first saw the cover, it was kind of shocking, you know, in a way, but it was, I was glad, you know, like, okay, that's a different way to see it. You know, and, and trying to wrap my head around that, that, you know, they're the professionals. And, and, uh, and like I said, ultimately, I, I love it now. I, I, I can picture another cover. I, I love that cover. And I'm glad they didn't go with my idea because it would have not been great at all. 
but uh so that was the only drama just the internal one <laughs> and uh which happens a lot you know with yeah, the, know. A, a lot of internal drama for a lot of stuff but uh just everything else was very professional so i'm, I'm happy with source books and how the way they handled yeah. they handled that and uh even the the professionalism too with the uh, the art uh, design program or the department art department the way they designed the uh the interior of the book just you know how they the font and the way they got graphics from that cover and put it throughout the the book it's just incredible I, I would have never occurred to me so it's it's just neat how they they know how to dress up a book and, and make it you know present it for children you know to make it a, attractive for children but no um, but you know, that that first internal like just in your head of like trying to wrap your mind around something that doesn't look like anything you envisioned is definitely valid like for sure valid that you know like go through that uh, yeah <laughs> um for me like my cover took forever to finalize um I I like was often joking with my friends that like I'm going to get my cover like my book comes out June 8th but I'll get my cover June 9th like that's just kind of <laughs> how it's looking right now um because there was a lot of back and forth about like things that they got rid of that we wanted back in or a font decision that we weren't super thrilled about and because of that um like the draw the little bit of drama that I guess did come up is that it ended up affecting my arc covers um basically it became a choice of like the arcs aren't going to have the final cover or I can push back the release date so that there would be more time to get the arcs printed with the final mm -hmm. cover Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, I didn't really care about the final cover being mm -hmm. on the arcs. Like it was it's like whatever to me. So I'm like, no, I'm not moving the pub date. Like that's, that's not a thing. Yeah. Um, but then what I didn't realize is that they meant they were basically going to take the second draft of the cover that we just got done critiquing and saying what we didn't like about it and use that for the physical arcs, which no. didn't make me super happy. Um, I thought they were just going to like stick something simple on there, like a white cover and a sun or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, it's, it's not terribly different and I don't regret changing, not changing the release date just to have a few physical arcs to the final cover. But like, that was definitely a choice on their part. And mm. like, I was, I, I took a day to just be like, oh, this isn't, this isn't great, but yeah. like we're past it. It's okay. It's whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. There's always, you know, things that come up that you're not expecting, you know, mm -hmm. for instance, mine was that uh, my, my uh, editor had to move too so I switched editors oh. you know, a couple of months ago and that was scary you know the when it's your first book you're like no, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh big changes happen you know and you yeah. just it's something about the industry you just have to learn how to adapt and yeah and, and I have I have learned that like a change in editor is something that is more common than I would have ever thought like with the writing process I've had multiple people that I know Mm -hmm. have that same thing happen which is scary like I could I could not imagine having to do that but yeah like that's definitely very much a possible part of the whole journey towards publication yeah so that's probably one of the best advice just be be ready you know for changes mm -hmm. and just learn with the what they say roll with the punches just, yeah. you know, it's gotta roll <laughs> just be flexible <laughs> yeah <Bury> that <laughs> okay so I think um we are just about done so we'll go ahead and and on um, on a cute little note, um, so what do you love most about the cover? And I think we can even extend that to like the whole conversation. Like, what do you love most about the cover? And if there's anything in particular that you love about your title, like go ahead and 
like flaunt that too. <laughs> I'd say for, for my cover, I, I probably mentioned it before. I think it was just her gaze, the way she's looking at the sky. I, I, when I saw that, I recognized or not recognized, but I saw myself in that gaze, you know, when I was 12, I, you know, I guess like any teenager, you're going through a lot of, at that age. And often I looked up at the sky, you know, and search for answers or strength or something. And when I saw that and, and that gaze and that cover, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is part of my great grandmother. And this is me as well. You know, it's both of us. It's, it's, and I ultimately, I think it's every kid out there, you know, who sees himself in that journey where, you have to leave something that's familiar to you in order to survive. So when I, I saw that, how he captured that, that's my favorite thing in the book. And, and of course, another second favorite or just probably just as much favorite is the little details that he caught from the story, like the comet and the way he put it on there and then the hummingbird, it's a big thing in the story too. So little details and the way she's holding her, her rock that's another thing too. So I'm hoping that readers, once they get done with the novel, they can look back at the cover and pinpoint what everything, how everything connects to the story. So that's, I love that he, he was able to capture that. And how about he, for you? I'm, I'm looking at your cover right now and it's just oh stunning. God. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you again. Um, I, I mentioned this earlier too, but I, um, I just love the representation that's like just right there front and center. Like, Aside from maybe Cemetery Boys, I really can't think of another YA book with a Latino, Mexican-American boy on the cover. Mm -hmm. And if there is, it probably wasn't written by a Latinx author. Um, and there are just very few with two brown queer characters on the cover. So like, especially taking into consideration, like if we take out any that are just kind of like silhouettes or black and white rather than skin tone, like it's very like minimal. So mm -hmm. like, I'm really proud that like, where we're like pushing that and like that's just right there and like it's not hiding and I just love the potential for queer teens who look like Jules Luna and Matt Pham to see themselves on that cover and to see those hands holding onto each other and know that that story's for them mm -hmm. um and also like I love the color palette like I'm obsessed with the color palette and like those pinks and orange tones and then like those like super pretty like deep greens and the blue like I I just I love all of the colors on that book yeah, I love the how it's three different, you know, how it shows yeah. like it's three different uh, worlds, you know, but they're all coexisting. Yeah. And coming together. I, I just, I love that, uh, that setup. It's beautiful. Yeah, same, like just kind of like the whole point of like them being distant and like not together, but then also like you have that one in the middle of them together. Like I, mm -hmm. I love that too. Yeah, it's you're right. That whole ninety thousand words are in there. <laughs> that cover. No, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I I think um, unless you have anything else you'd like to add, um, we're about done. Mm -hmm. No, I think that that's all. Just just like we said, realize that uh, writing is hard work, and you know, and you just gotta adapt to changes, whether it's in the art and the editorial process and, and everything and, you know, just hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just like manifesting all of the great covers for anyone listening um, so that you get like the most beautiful cover in the entire world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Okay, so yeah, so thank you so much, Ella, for joining today. Um, Thank you, Johnny. I had a great time with you. Same, I I loved it. Okay, and uh, if you'd like to learn more about Las Musas or our books, please visit our website at lasmusasbooks.com or find us on social media at Las Musas Books. And be sure to check out our bookshop page where each purchase of one of our books goes towards supporting independent bookstores. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also sign up for the Las Musas newsletter to have podcast updates, as well as other Musa news, such as release dates, teasers, spotlights, and more delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening.